everybody. Welcome to Dessert Before Breakfast, the podcast review TV finales for the eyes of someone that's never watched the show. I'm Mike Dervell, and I've seen none of Gurren Lagann. I'm Melanie Germain, and I've seen none of Gurren Lagann. I'm special guest star Madeline Sotheby, and I've seen every episode of Gurren Lagann. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming to see us today. Thanks for having me. Can I just gush about you for like one second? Because I remember seeing you in the 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 the, the musical that Tom Cruise was in as a movie, but you guys did the live version and it was way better. Oh, Rock of Ages? Yes, I remember seeing you in Rock of Ages. Oh my god. Oh my god. And like I even remember while we were watching the show, I was sitting next to Callan and I was just like, she's so good. And she was just like, I know her. <laughs> so um big fan over here. Very excited. That is so sweet. I had a very similar experience when I saw you on stage for Oh boy, what was the show called? Was it Anything Goes? Anything Goes, yes, yes. I also was like, wow, she is great. <laughs> you guys are so sweet, thank you. So you're an a- actor, but you're also a YouTuber, right? Uh, burgeoning, yes, trying to. I've been working on a makeup channel for the last three or so years. Oh my gosh. This is my my one place in my life where I don't have to do anything involving theater. Nice. It's a nice little break, actually, from all that. Do you not consider, like, YouTube, like, theater and performing? I It's almost more of, like, a like a public diary in a way. I mean, right. the, my channel isn't really that... I guess it is a little personal. Like, I do talk about personal life and all that. But it, it, it has a lot to do with just the makeup industry as a whole. I really have dove like I've, I'm doing a lot of indie makeup these days so I'm exploring a lot of that world and it's it's very exciting cool yeah so you know um it's it, it doesn't really have anything to do with my my other life but <laughs> it's kind of nice that way <laughs> yeah that's great I I did see yeah maybe it was a few months ago now when you when you tried on the the Animal Crossing branded makeup that that was quite a video <laughs> yeah that was um that was an adventure. It's a fun <laughs> video. You should definitely go check it out. Yeah, oh. yeah. We'll we'll link we'll link it in the show notes. We'll link that specific video in the show notes. <laughs> but Is yeah, it your favorite one? Gosh, now I want to watch it. It was really fun to do. Um, I there was a lot of hiccups, a lot of roadblocks. <laughs> uh, I love. Okay. I really like trying out products, especially for the first time on camera, because it's you never know what you're going to get. So I've been having a lot of fun doing that. I think I usually. I'm of the mind that like my best work is usually my latest work. Mm-hmm. So you can't help but think back critically on your older videos. So I've been working really hard to just keep improving myself with every video. And so I, I do think that like my most recent videos are probably some of my better ones. But then again, there's some outliers. I mean, I, I love all of my Halloween content. I try to go pretty hard during spooky season, yeah. doing fun doing fun makeup tutorials, really try to push myself outside of my comfort zone in that regard. So I'm really proud of that work too. Excellent. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting because like, I do feel like that is somewhat true with the podcast, but then we did, we did eventually hit a plateau of like the podcast being good. And then just sort of, I don't think we got like amazing or anything 
or, or like continue to get better over time. Wow. Thanks, Mike. What is that? Is that is it insulting? <laughs> yeah, that's insulting to you and to me. <laughs> but like, hey, I mean, we kind of plateaued. I don't think we're that great. <laughs> you know, I think I think we're just going to stagnate for a while. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it doesn't believe it doesn't hurt yourself. me. Like I believe in you. Jeez. <laughs> it doesn't hurt me to go back and listen to like like maybe some of the early ish episodes. But like basically by the Christmas episode, I feel like we had figured out what we were doing for the most part. OK, I think even in, in small increments, you're always improving, even if you don't notice it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> To you and to me. <laughs> I, I take back what I say, and I hope that this is cut. <laughs> no, I no, think we should leave it, it in. Leave it in. Leave it in, please. The this, world should know. You see how, how he treats me? <laughs> <laughs> the world needs to know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> My God. All right. Well, with that, I guess we should watch the show or whatever. <laughs> um, so what do you guys know about Gurren Logan? I know nothing about this show. Um, I, I believe it's an anime. I, I do know it's an anime. It's an anime. Yeah, I'm I think it's certain at this point. I've seen a uh, character from Gurren Logan, like a picture of a character on I'm Actually, the, the YouTube show I'm Actually. Uh-huh. And it does seem to imply that it's like a mech fighting show, like a like a Gundam or a or a Neon Genesis sort of show. This this character was very large, like nonsensically large. Oh. Like like several units versus wide or something like that. What? So yeah, that's that's all I've got. That's all I got on this show is this one character that was I saw a brief picture and it reminded me of that anime where clothes talk. Clothes talk? And also some lady fingers her daughter or something. It's really messed up. What? Clothes? The clothes, the clothes, the clothes, like, it, and then her sword is like a scissor part. Oh, um. um and then the whole thing is like cl the clothes give them super strength and stuff kill a kill kill a kill kill a kill it's very wacky um and like you know the arms are doing the noodles and stuff a lot kind of animation it was about high school but also about taking over the world and i got the sense that the art artistic style might be similar to that just because from the one picture that i saw i see okay that's it. That's my guess. Right. I'm probably wrong. I'm trying to read your <laughs> face, but I don't think it's working. I'm, try I'm trying to remain uh, poker face here. It's very hard. Yeah. You're doing a really good job. Yeah, you're doing a really good job. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to watch the last episode of Gurren Logan. If you want to watch along at home, it's available to stream on Netflix in Canada. And we'll be right back. All right, so we are back. Melanie, how are you doing? Hmm. I enjoyed that <laughs> a lot. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, it's interesting because when you say you enjoyed it, you, you're shouting it, which does accentuate the energy. I, okay. So like I was pumping myself up before this, you saw that. So it's fine. It's just, it was, you know, so not to like rag on Evangelion. <laughs> oh, let's say rag on Evangelion. That's our brand, man. Yeah. Let's unpack that right now. But like, that's what I, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. So like, when I was like, oh, yeah, it's like a mech thing. I'm, I was really hoping to see some mechs fight each other like they do in this episode. I not, was not in their finale. <laughs> yeah, not oh in their finale. Gosh, this no, was so much fun. No word of a lie. That is the episode I went to reference, Mike. I, I, I you were like, "What? Listen to an episode of Dessert Before Breakfast." So I went to I went to Evangelion. So I literally just listened to that episode. <laughs> Yeah. And my goodness, is this so much more entertaining for the purposes of this podcast, for sure. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Also, how many times do you think they say spiral throughout the entire series? Because they said it a lot in this episode. <laughs> it's like word of the day is spiral. Um that was, I don't know if I can do a play-by-play -play of this. I just want you to know I enjoyed it. <laughs> Yay. My notes are the biggest mess that they've ever been <laughs> because I just like writing down random sentences that don't really make sense on their own. Same. I have a note here that says deeply probe body. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> it's like right off the top of the episode. You're like, I don't, I don't understand. Is this hentai? Are we, do we accidentally start yep. watching hentai? Yep, I was kind of like, okay, this is bold. This is a bold episode choice. I love it. Uh, let's see where this goes. And then stuff, more, just more stuff kept happening. After, one after the other. I have so many questions. Yeah, um, okay, I figured. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Rather than talking about the episode, I think we should just talk a little bit about like the lore because they're a lot of the fight they're just sort of dropping bits of lore at us yeah they talk so like do you think they had like communication like how were they chatting with each other <laughs> while they were fighting discord i was just like there's so much talking during this fight like i visually i was loving everything that was happening but lore wise i was just like i don't understand and that's okay yeah i can't keep up with it it's yeah all around good time it's really kind of not explained throughout the entire series how the mechs work. And, uh. like, you know, they sort of sidestep around it by saying, like, they feed off of your energy. And, like, it's hilariously vague how the mechs work with the people and, like, how okay. they're piloted. It's just, it is just, I think, very purposefully vague. Okay. Because, like, I, from what I understood from what I think I saw, <laughs> there were about a million people in one mech, but they all were doing different things still. Yeah, somehow the mech at the end, somehow Gurren Logan gets so big that it actually transcends time and space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like throwing galaxies at each other. Right? <laughs> Literally was falling through galaxies during this fight. The absolute scale that they have to bring the final fight to in order to actually get like in order to take it to the next level because up until this point the show just keeps getting like 
the scale of each fight, of each battle, of each mech, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger till you think there couldn't possibly be another level. Yeah. And then they just get then it's galactic yeah it was bigger than the planet that was actually a really cool scene when like the hand was over earth and it was just like you, from earth you see this massive hand bigger than the sun itself <laughs> and it's like growing going down on them it was just like whoa <laughs> wild it's like every final fantasy game rolled into one being like in the end you just fight god yeah it happens with every single game every rpg this anime, you fight God. It <laughs> you did it. Fight. I love it. You fight God. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. No, that was absolutely enjoyable. Again, yeah. I don't quite know what was happening, but it was still very fun to watch. I um, I could talk a little bit about some of the lore I picked out from the fight. Yeah, please do. I'd love to hear that. Namely, namely around, I believe that there are spirals who are our heroes and then they're, I believe they're called the non-spirals, who are... Our, the anti-spirals. Anti the anti-spirals, yeah. Yeah. And the main difference between the spirals and the anti-spirals is that the anti-spirals are ugly. And the reason that they're ugly is that they had uh, the resolve to lock themselves into a dimension and remain ugly. And because they had that resolve, that makes them better than the spirals. Did it have to do with their looks? Is that what it was? I think it has to do with their development. I think they stunted their own development as a species in order to prevent the universe from, I don't know, overheating <laughs> with so much power. <laughs> like, they were like, we're better than the spiral people because the spiral people just are greedy and they just want more and more power all the time. So... We're obviously going to be better than yeah, that. Yeah, but how does that make them more powerful than the spiral people? Nobody knows. They're not more powerful. They have more restraint. I think it just, I think they're just, you know, they're trying to take the high they're road. Just high and mighty. Yeah. A little bit. High and mighty, yeah. A little bit. The, the idea is that if the spiral race gets too much power, then it would be the demise of the universe somehow. But, but there were the spiral people, the spiral race... And then he talked about spiral cousins in space. Yeah. So I think what you what people in this Earth didn't know, like this version of Earth, I think what they don't know is that there are other planets out there with life force. Oh, okay. and like, everyone's a spiral. OK, what does it mean to be a spiral? Yes, I'm also curious about this because it looks like everyone who is a spiral has a drill. A lot of drill metaphors, by the way, which I was very on board for. It <laughs> was really great. A lot of drill talk in this in this whole series. It's just yeah, the drills were OK. It's really hard to even like go back far enough and do like a long story short version of this. <laughs> But Lord Gnome, or Lord Genome, the father figure, the one that sacrificed uh -huh. himself in the end to yes. give Gurren Logan the spiral power to defeat God, <laughs> essentially. Uh -huh. He actually was the first half of the series' villain. Oh. Okay. And he was trying to also protect the spiral race from becoming too powerful. So basically, and also because that would mean that the earth would, would befall and, and it would befall destruction. So this is all also like a little bit vague. So Lord Gnome basically forced the entire race underground oh. to protect them from 
the rest of the universe who would attack them and try to destroy them if they got too powerful as a, as a species. Does that yeah. make any sense? I mean, no, but like, yes. Great. <laughs> so, and then um, in order to expand their underground territory, all of these... All of these groups, these, I guess, villages, the underground cities and stuff would expand underground using drills. Okay. So that's why drills are a big part of their culture. culture. Yeah. I'm to, okay. I'm trying to like parse this whole series into words. It's very hard. I can imagine. It seems like there's a lot going on. And it's it's funny because it the series itself feels so much longer than it actually is. I think it's only like 30 episodes or something all told. I think I saw 27. Yeah. 27 episodes. Yeah. yeah. So it's really only one season long. And the episodes are only, I think, half an hour long each. So it's not even that long a series. It just feels like way much more content than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Yeah, I guess what the race of people or what this, you know, what the earth, the people on the earth who are living underground, what they don't know, what they don't realize is that all of them contain this spiral power within them. Okay. And the spiral power powers the gunman. Oh. Which is completely unknown to the vast majority of the population. Only very few people have, you know, uh, have made it to the surface of the earth, have had the audacity to have the the guts to make it to the surface of the earth. Because for their whole lives, this whole people have been told that there is no surface and that even if there was, it would be too dangerous and all this stuff. Like they've just been fed all this, all this rhetoric about yeah yeah about the surface of the earth being like inhabitable right interesting okay so they i'm guessing that the world breaks out of the underground at some point yes yes that does happen people you know that i guess it's sort of like adam and eve and the garden of eden and all that you know someone eats the apple and gains the knowledge and then gets cast out essentially Right. right. Yeah. It, it happens in a big flashy way where suddenly there's this big broadcast in the sky and people are seeing that there's somebody, you know, on the surface. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, my God, wait, we can go outside. Right. Right. OK. And then that's like actually the like la- the first half. That's how it ends. Is that suddenly okay. like everyone's like, oh, we can live on the surface. That's great news. And then it's like end of the first half of the series cut to seven years later. Oh, okay. And they've built a giant society, like a very advanced society on the surface of the earth. That's how the last half of the series goes. So in seven years, they make space travel wild. In seven years, they've created a whole like metropolis, a way of living, uh, society, infrastructure. All right. Yes, space travel. The conceit is, I think, to explain this away, is that this is the power of these people. They're so advanced. They're so smart and powerful that that is how much of a danger they are to the rest of the universe, is that they could create all of this in only seven years. Imagine what else they could do. Gotcha. I don't don't really know. Okay. They're a threat. Right. Essentially. And... That's when the anti-spiral guy shows up and he's like, y'all need to die now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay. Seven years later, they've created a government. They've created 
jobs, an army of gunmen, obviously. Right. And of course, there's lots of conflict about, you know, all of these people who have been roaming and and being vagabonds and just living off the land, suddenly being thrown into society in this sort of structured way. Right. So does the show ever play with the fact that maybe these guys deserve to lose? (laughs) Deserve to be sort of beaten down a little bit? Or is it literally just that these guys are just getting on their case for no reason? I'm going to guess no. (laughs) I think, I don't think that's ever really considered that these people shouldn't progress and they shouldn't excel yeah i don't think you that's know, ever it's interesting because like yeah i guess like i guess when when we go back to it that that scene we're talking about about the anti-spouse being like well we actually had restraint and you guys didn't and he's like yeah but we actually get places and do things so i think that's probably the whole point right yeah it's basically i think the point is that you should just let things happen naturally let things happen and if it all goes to shit then it all goes to shit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but at least let it happen like don't force people down underground Mm -hmm. and don't force people to believe a lie and don't try and manipulate people yeah let them think and feel and and discover for themselves how to live right that's a that's a good message yeah i think so i have a question about the messenger, Mia. Because hmm. it starts off with her when we think it's still a hentai. And um, <laughs> basically... Which never happens in the rest of the series. This, like, it's like this, the one that, moment. That is like the one moment. <laughs> Honestly, based on some other stuff that I've seen, it was still pretty tame. <laughs> it was suggestive in, in words only. Yeah, in <laughs> words only. Yeah. Um, so when... So she's a messenger for the anti-spiral people. Yes. What you don't know until the latter half of the series. So when they they do the time jump to seven years later and Simon and Nia are developing this relationship with each other and everything's going really well. Suddenly a a switch inside her brain flips and suddenly she becomes this expressionless being that becomes this megaphone for the anti-spirals. Basically, she gets triggered and all of a sudden she just is their messenger to say, you have so, so many days before the moon will crash into your planet and the, your whole race dies. Wow. And then she disappears into like a puff of smoke. Well, not really, but it she ends up, yeah, just completely disappearing off the face of the planet. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, well, I guess, so she breaks that hold, I'm guessing, at some point. Because then now in the final episode, she's captured by the anti-spiral guy. And he's like, ooh, you're broken or whatever. You should be doing more what we want you to do kind of thing. And then she's like, he will come. And then out of her ring pops a gigantic mech with a bunch (laughs) of people whose half body was a drill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that about sums it up. Yeah. So why were the people's half body the the drill? 
Yeah, that's my question. I mean, also, how did a freaking mech come out of her ring? But just like shit like that in this show is not really explained too far. They just kind of let it happen. And that's the beauty of the show is that it just gets a little buck wild sometimes. And you just kind of have to roll with it. Go with it. okay? And you just enjoy it. I did. I did enjoy it. There definitely is a temptation to compare this to Neon Genesis because yeah. it's also a mech show. Yeah. Um, but really, I think there's a lot more to compare this to a different show we reviewed, which was called Fooly Cooly. Oh, yeah. Which is just more like just balls to the walls ridiculous and also has like a really good soundtrack like this does. Oh, Melanie, yeah. what did you think of the soundtrack? I wrote down that I think the music is awesome several times during this episode. It was just like, M- music is awesome. Music is rad. Music is fantastic. Like, it was just... It's just, it's very good. I would listen to that. The whole soundtrack slaps. Nice. Now, another question for Melanie is like, what would you put this in terms of absurdity compared to Fooly Cooly? I mean, I think they're pretty on par. (laughs) Yeah. There's just so much happening and it's just, it's so fun. Yes. You know, like, it's like, who cares why a a mech came out of her ring? Like, I'm asking because that's our job, you know, here on Dessert Before Breakfast, trying to get these answers or whatever. But at the same time, like, who gives a shit? That was awesome. There's a freaking mech that came out of her ring and now there's (laughs) going to be an intense fight in space where they throw galaxies at each other? Hell yeah. having a good time you know yeah honestly i think if you watched the rest of the series and you got to that point you'd probably feel about the same yeah we have about the same level of information (laughs) it's just i think you've been then you will be conditioned to accept these things happen right like yeah i mean honestly it boils down to like it's the power of their love that transcends time and space and you know because simon and nia are are you know soulmates essentially and their their love for each other will will transcend even her pre-programming as an anti-spiral messenger even their love will break through all of these barricades that the anti-spirals didn't they didn't account for that yeah. when when concocting their their evil plan. Yeah, mm. suck it. Yeah, I mean it's her engagement ring, right? <laughs> oh, is that what that was? Oh. Yeah, it's her engagement ring. Okay, okay, okay. See, so the answer is just it's love, Melanie. It's love all along. It's love. Yeah, I'd accept that. Yeah, have romantic. <laughs> yeah, so romantic. So so let's talk about Simone for a second. Why don't they call him Simon? It's the I think the Japanese pronunciation is Simon. Ah. I like it. It's very French. Yeah, we we did watch the English dub, by the way. Yes, which is absolutely atrocious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I didn't want to say anything, but like I know the voice actors probably put a lot of work into these dubs. I get that it is a whole industry, and yet it is so lame in English. It is just lame. <laughs> it's like um. For the intense things going on, it's just very chill the way that they're talking. It, and it's too chill. It's kind of, uh, there, it's like there are no stakes in anything. It really does. It just, it falls really flat. And with the scale at, that it's at, the galactic scale that it reaches, like the zenith, it you need that guttural, passionate Japanese voice acting to carry it. It only works in that sort of overly dramatic format where 
anime and Japanese voice actors really excel. Absolutely. I agree. I think it really this uh, this kind of content, like this kind of series just really is supported by Japanese voice actors. And it makes so much more sense when you hear them do their amazing guttural cries and screams and yelling and oh it's just it's so satisfying when you watch it (laughs) with the sub it's just this one especially subs over dubs man okay subs over dubs i am actually starting to warm up to subs more than i was when we started this podcast for sure (laughs) (laughs) it just hits different it hits different Mm -hmm. it does yeah i like the simone's glasses and the fact that he was shirtless interesting choices and that has a lot to do with his older brother type character that you didn't even get to meet the best character in the whole series which is so wild to me um who he basically fashions himself after his name is kamina and that is actually how simon He's the reason Simona even makes it to the surface and starts this new life. Okay. And you guys didn't even get to meet him. All right. Because, spoiler alert, he dies in the first half of the series. Oh, no. Okay. Like, really tragically. That's so that Simone can grow, though. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. You've got it it right (laughs) away. You've already figured it out. You're very smart. It's, It's basically... Such a George R.R. Martin move, though. He basically (laughs) just, as soon as you're in love with this character, as soon as he becomes the protagonist, the hero, they just snatch him away. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, all of Simone's affectations, the glasses, the big cape he throws on at the very end of the episode, the, the shirtless thing, it's all an homage to Kamina. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. I like that. Yeah. That makes sense, though, for the bold choices that the the outfit was. I like that. It's a bold outfit. Yeah. Kamina can definitely rock it. He's he's a bold character. I could definitely see this being a costume that a lot of people wear, like, uh, to cosplay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have always wanted to cosplay Yoko. She She's just the... The freaking, you don't get to see a lot of her in this final episode. Yeah, I was going to say, who's Yoko? <laughs> She's the one with the red ponytail. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She's the one that shoots that that big gun at the end and reveals the, the pocket universe or whatever on top right. of the anti-spirals gunman's head. Yeah. Yeah, that was another question. that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> why is there a pocket dimension on his head? I think that's where all the anti-spirals are stored, for lack of a better term. (laughs) I guess it's just an interesting choice to put them there. Yeah. You know, on the forehead. Right in the line of fire. Yeah. Like, do you want to see my obvious, like... What's a, what's I'm gonna call it? You know that thing in games where you're like, well, that's definitely gonna kill him if I hit it. Oh, the weak spot. Yeah, that's it. It's like obvious weak spot right there. Yeah, and Yoko is like throughout the whole series, she is known as the sharpshooter. Her weapon of choice is this amazing gun, and it's this long-range rifle thing. Yeah, she's just the coolest. Yoko is one of my favorite anime characters of all time. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. When she <laughs> whips out that gun for that fight, so she whips it out in the mech, and then it also whips out at the scale of the mech. 
Yeah. <laughs> so okay. basically the mech, the gunman, what they mirror pretty much everything that the person inside does, but on a bigger scale. Okay. Um, like all the controls are kind of a little vague as well. Okay. You don't really know how the spiral power works or operates the gunman. They just kind of hold the two grips and they do the thing <laughs> and it just goes. You know what? If I'm ever forced to pilot a mech because I have like past traumas or whatever, I hope that the instructions are this easy, you know? <laughs> well, I think it's because these spiral people that it's just ingrained into their DNA. It's part of their... Oh, it's, it's just part, part of their makeup. Of, yeah, exactly. And I think okay. even though it's been suppressed for so long, people like Simon and the other pilots that you don't get to meet in this episode, uh, they all naturally just have a proclivity towards it. Right. They just kind of naturally get it. And it's part of their genetic makeup. Well, I got to say, I I loved it. I loved how some the like one pilot would be like, I got this. And then another would be like, me too. And then they just like do something. And then the mech goes nuts. And it was just like, (laughs) great. Awesome. Um, We got to spend some time talking about the dad, though. Yes, I was kind of wondering about this as well, because not only (laughs) do we know that he's her dad, but he also has a body. And I'm guessing that both of these things are new information because they explicitly call them out in the episode. (laughs) Yep. Why is he her dad? I thought she was a messenger. So she is, but I don't know if Lord Genome knew that because he has produced, while he was sort of the reigning evil king of the world, trying Uh to protect the race from destruction by burrowing them all, forcing them all underground, when he lived atop, you know, the world... And and ruled everything. He produced several daughters. Oh, okay. He, that was just something he did. What a dog! <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> a bit of a dog <laughs> for sure. So, but he did it without a body. No, actually, <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the funny part. The funny part is that. When they defeat Lord Genome in the first half of the series, he then pretty much is assumed dead. He he's a full he's a fully fleshed human being. He's got a body and all that. He's just, he's a he's a full being. And then when they defeat him, he he has a terrible fall, and everyone presumes him dead. And when it cuts to seven years in the future and everything comes back, you realize the government that they have created out of this ragtag team of people who have defeated Lord Genome have then actually somehow taken Lord Genome's head and basically <laughs> put it in like put it into a cryo thing. And stripped him of his personality, of his feelings and all that. And now he just operates as a disembodied head to power a supercomputer. Okay. (laughs) If if I'm remembering this correctly, which I may not be, but as far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure that that was his fate at the end. And then he got a body somehow. 
somehow in this weird galaxy infinite universe world <laughs> that they're fighting in <laughs> he regenerates a body for this final battle to i guess make amends for what he's done to his daughter and also to the rest of the planet okay, okay. good for him yeah, i yeah. guess for him like trying to redeem himself and stuff too late for redemption or whatever <laughs> okay i have another question though Yes, you in the back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he does at one point summon another mech out like of the big mech. And then he like a bunch of things come out of him or out of that mech. And then he turns into a giant drill with his head attached <laughs> to the drill. And then he's like, Simone swallow me or whatever and then he as the drill with the head goes into the main mech and like powers him up or something oh, Melanie gosh. I just want to hear you explain <laughs> yeah. every single scene in this entire series this is just so great I I don't know if I can shed any light on this is the okay. funny part the, <laughs> Make it make any more sense than it It's so sorry. I'm so sorry. I okay. It all happens so quickly. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. It goes by like that, you know. I was like, wait, what just happened? Did he eat him? Why so did I think he become a drill first? I don't know. Because everything is powered by drills in this universe. Like <sighs> the spiral people operate on, I guess they have the power of the spiral inside them and drills right. are representative of spiral power. So the mechs themselves are powered by drills. The drills are essentially the keys that they use right. to power up the gunmen and then it's all spiral energy that is powering the gunman. But how did he become <laughs> drill? <laughs> how he become drill though? How did he become drill with face on drill? <laughs> that I cannot tell you. I think that okay. is just we are living in a world in a universe where time and space don't exist, where okay. formerly disembodied heads grow brand new bodies temporarily and then because of spiral power because he is sacrificing himself then becomes a spiral himself in which to power up simon's gunman right i think that is basically it okay yeah okay cool see total sense (laughs) yeah it makes sense checks out yeah for sure (laughs) I, I love it. I want to ask, there's there's an attack they do that they yelled the name of the attack. Oh, and it yeah, was, I know what this is. I got the best wife in the universe swing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? And then she's like, yeah. on the, she's on Earth and she's like, aw. <laughs> <laughs> like, how loud must that have been to have reached Earth? Amazing. <laughs> this I is the scale it. we're working on. Yeah, and I, I just love how she's great. just like, oh, babe. Aw, honey. <laughs> yeah it's very cute that like they're two characters that um 
aren't married at the beginning, it's nice to see all these really cute couplings happen throughout the series. And they're one of them for sure. Cute. I like yeah, that. Yeah, they're super cute. And then she has a baby and the baby's mm. so stinking adorable. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was a good baby. It's a good baby. I would rate the baby, but I don't do anime babies. You don't do anime babies? I don't can rate you at least do like babies. you can't rate like the art of the anime baby? The anime baby art? A plus plus. My God, that thing was cute. Yeah. 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 Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten, baby, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Ten out of ten, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, human spirit. A lot of drilling metaphors, which I was a big fan of. Mm -hmm. I like how he's full on screamed out. That's how a drill works. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, this is great. I'm having a good time. <laughs> it just is. It's it's so much better in Japanese. I promise you it sounds way yeah. less stupid in Japanese. It just does. But also it sounds great in English. <laughs> <laughs> That's how a drill works. That's how a drill works. You stupid idiot. So at this point, they're like nearing the end of the battle. And this is maybe the greatest thing that happened for me. After the guy turned into the drill and then was eaten, um, there are more drills popping out of the mech. And then like a lot of parts of the, the, there's just like punching where it's like drill on drill destruction, drill on drill destruction. They're like punching each other over, over and over again. And it goes on for a really long time. But then after that, the good guy who looks like an evil guy, I don't know what his name is because they never said it. He takes the head of the mech and says, Simon, go! And he freaking chucks it. And then the head grows like tiny little legs and tiny little arms. And then they manage to kill the bad guy with it. And I was just like, oh my gosh. It's so good. <laughs> what the hell just happened? So that's Viral. Viral is actually also a, a bit of a villain who works for Lord Genome in the first half of the series uh, and actually is trying to bring about the destruction of this team that is trying to, you know, defeat Lord Genome. Okay. And so Viral is basically, I don't know if this is actually on purpose, but it is uh, a, what's it called? A palindrome of rival. <laughs> and I believe Viral's, place in this like in the character scheme of things is to be Kamina's rival. Gotcha. Right. Okay. I can see that. He looks like obviously evil. I love how he does look so obviously evil, but then in the end it, yeah, it's great. joins the side of like good. Yeah. I, I just love that because he is such an interesting character. Oh, okay. He's got such a great design. Uh, and his plight is very is very cool, too. Like, his, oh. his backstory. It's cool. He definitely stood out because, again, he looks, like, super evil, right? So I was just like, oh, I wonder what his story is. Like, I wasn't really interested in anybody else, but I was interested in him. Oh, yeah. We were um, talking about the soundtrack and how much it slaps. He has his own theme song. And so every time he comes on screen in, like, the rest of the series... He has the most kick-ass theme song. It is, it slaps so hard. Nice. Just, just, yeah, he's the coolest. To elaborate on the head-throwing thing, when Simon actually discovers part of this mech, 
it's the reason that Kamina gets the idea to go to the surface of the earth using this mech. Oh. Um, but the first part that they find at the beginning of the series is just the head. With tiny little arms. Well, yeah, the arms and the legs pop out whenever he needs to use it. I love it. But actually, the head is not... The, the body of the head of the gunman isn't found until later. Oh. So they operate mm. separately. They can operate separately. But part of the plot of the overarching series of the first half is that they discover that the head and the body can become one using spiral energy. Nice. Which they when don't do realize they until like, on. pretty much, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so find out that there are more spiral races. Because um, at the end, like when they kill anti-spiral man, then there's like a thing that's like, oh my gosh, all these spiral races are contacting us. And they're happy or something. And I'm like, ah, great. Um, (laughs) We meet old Coco, who gives Nia like a dress or something. And I didn't know who old Coco was. But as soon as I learned his name, I was like, I must know more about old Coco. He seems cool and sweet. Yep. That's yeah. He's he's a he's just a cool old man. Freaking love it. And he takes care of Nia and he's just the best. Okay. Cute. Yeah. He's probably devastated once she goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't exactly remember when he comes in. I, I know that once they do meet him, he does join their team. I just can't remember how they meet him. But old yeah. Coco is awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Nia and Simone get married. And I thought that that was super sweet. Everyone is happy and everything's great. And then she freaking disappears. And I was like, oh, shit, they pulled a Samurai Jack. Uh, but I think this probably came first. But yeah, I, I think that the part that she disappeared was kind of weird. But what I thought was a little weird was that he was like, he goes and he marries this woman and then she disappears like, yeah, we knew it was going to happen. Like, are you not even like a little sad? Like, just because you know something is going to happen doesn't mean that you're like, cool, whatever. I guess I'll just move on with my life then. Da, 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 da. Poor Simon. He's lost so many important people in his life over the course of the series. I feel like the whole experience of losing Kamina so early on and then having to become strong enough to take on this sort of new society or this new civilization and sort of lead that movement i think the whole experience just really hardens him and i think Mm. that is also why he ends up making this the choice to leave leave it all behind yeah and become a a a rover yeah Mm -hmm. you know i i I think men feel their feelings differently you know yeah yeah he's 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 tough he's a tough Mm. boy not like me. <laughs> not like not like <laughs> Mike. I would be really upset. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I think he is upset. He just, I think he's come to terms with it already before that wedding happened. It, there's this one moment, I think, up in the sky where she says something. Yes, where she. Yeah, and looks at him. She fizzes out for a second. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she says, you know, you've come this far. You have to commit. You have to do this. Mm-hmm. And he looks at her and he re- he knows that like it's going to be over like she's going to be gone 
yeah. but he still has to save the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't clue into that when it happened. So I oh, was just yeah. like, what? What? <laughs> it's very <laughs> subtle. Confused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's not it's not um, explicit in any sort of way. I think that's yeah. done on purpose so that when she does disappear, that it's very shocking. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then you can go back to that moment, think about it again and replay it in your head. I also didn't realize that she was like made by the anti anti spiral people because her father was around. I think that threw me for a loop too. Honestly. Yeah. I don't really know how that one works either to tell you the truth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't know if it's ever explained. It might be. And I just don't remember how. I think maybe the anti-spirals somehow already had all of this in place before even Lord Genome decided to have a daughter. I don't I don't know. Okay. Interesting. That's just like goes. So like that goes to show like how powerful they were as a as a race, too, I guess. Essentially. Yeah, I think I think the anti-spirals like basically are God and can do whatever they want. And they halted their own evolution. That's so strange. Yeah. For some reason or another, they think that that was a better choice than growing and changing and evolving and becoming stronger and better people. Yeah. I think this is like a metaphor for, for tiger parents. (laughs) I'm not familiar with the term. I'm sorry. What are tiger parents? That's like parents who are, you know, like helicopter parents, they're just like, oh, yeah, re- really in your business. Um, tiger parents, I guess. I mean, I think it's more of an Asian thing. Oh, tiger parenting is a form of strict parenting whereby parents are highly invested in ensuring their children's success. Um, even if that means like putting them down and in their place kind of idea. It's like uh. what they, they will succeed in life because... I'm making sure that they're going to do that. They're going to do it the way that I want them to do it kind of idea. Like, it's very strict. It's very... I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Got Sorry, it. I thought that that was a ge- like a general term that everybody knew. <laughs> well, now I know. Now, no, today I learned. And yeah, learning I learned is something half new. the battle. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. The more <laughs> you know. Um, so we got to do... Do we want to talk about the post-credit sequence? Yeah. Is yeah. this the first post-credit sequence we've had on this podcast? Ooh. I believe it might Possibly. be. I yeah, feel like really? the only other one I can think of was the Supernatural one, which wasn't a post-credit sequence as much as a... Thank you to the fans. Thank you to our cast and crew or whatever. Yeah. But this is like the first like actual scene that we've seen after the credits of an episode. Yeah, it was interesting. It was like every we just got to see everybody be older. Like um, the the lady that you're a fan of, Maddie, is Yoko. Was, yeah, Yoko was old and children were waving at her. The children that we saw earlier had become adults who had their own Gurren Lagen. Mm-hmm. And is that how you say it? I don't know if I said it right. <laughs> Gurin 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 Lagen, I think. Okay, Gurin Lagen. Oh, that one had a Scottish then, accent on it. <laughs> <laughs> Gurin Lagen. Um, <laughs> sorry. Please say it like that moving forward. I will not accept any other pronunciation for the sorry. rest of this podcast. <laughs> so sorry. 
there was a there was a child who was trying to use a drill to open a coconut of some kind. Yeah, interesting choice. <laughs> no other tools are found on this planet. It's all spirals. It's all drills. Only drills. No hammers. No um, nails. Only drills. Yeah, and then an old Simone joins him giving him advice on how to spiral something correctly or drill something correctly. And the animation of that boy sucking on that coconut, uh, like that reminded me of Kill a Kill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very exaggerated. Yeah. There's a lot of moments like yes. that throughout the series. The animation it's, is is very that's uh, the over the spaghetti top. hands thing that I was yeah. talking about. They did it. Yeah, um, Absolutely. And then there's more Gurren Lagann uh, who fly up into the sky and uh, the little boy says, oh man, I hope they could be me one day. And Simone's like, I'm old now and wiser. Yup, that can be you because stars and space and spiral cousins. Something the like that. The end. The lights <laughs> yeah. in the sky are stars, he says. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they didn't know, actually. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good point. They they were underground for a really long time. Um, yeah, it's uh, Yoko actually becoming the school principal of a place. That's where she sort of spends the rest of her life, I think. And there's something in that, actually. The, that's, a, that's something that she did beforehand. So after, um, after Kamina's death... She, um, whom she was in love with. Let's just like also add that oh, into the mix. Oh. So right before he dies, they finally reveal their feelings for each other. They kiss and he says, I'm going to pay back this kiss. I think he says tenfold or 10 times that. And she says, you better. And then he goes and dies. Uh. And so... In the in the in the time skip, when you uh, for the latter half, she has basically sequestered herself into this school to become a teacher. I think she has sort of uh, relegated her the rest of her existence to the the school marm life because the love of her life is dead, and so she I don't think wants she she takes herself out of the game essentially. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah really shitty <laughs> yeah eventually she does come back to the fray when they're kind of once again in dire straits with the anti-spirals i think she comes back to fight then also again at the end of that <laughs> somewhere in the end of, of that whole conflict falls in love with somebody else on the team kisses them and then he dies and sacrifices himself for the cause. I'm actually, um, I'm upset for her. Yeah. I feel like she was really cool and probably deserved better, you know? Yes, she did. He's one living lover. Sorry, you know? sorry Melanie, what, what are you, what is, what are you going to say about her? What, what would you like, how would you qualify how the story did to her? Oh, I would say they done her dirty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Not She's, cool. No, it's very uncool how she ends up. I, I just, that breaks my heart to no end is that she decides that two heartbreaks is enough. So she lives out the rest of her life as the school principal mm. of this small school um, in this small village. 
and she never loves again. Jesus. That's her story. The end. <laughs> Yay. What a, what a fantastic. <laughs> it's not a very uplifting ending. Uh, I mean, it is in some ways. There's lots of hope for the future, obviously. Like, lots of... Yeah, they, they yeah. like the new generation or whatever. Yeah, because like what what is um what does Simone say? He's like, I'm the digger, but like there are better people to go into that hole, which is I guess poetic. If you want to say, <laughs> I feel like again in English, it just sounds so lame. But yeah, he says something along the lines of there are people who are more better equipped to go down these tunnels than I am. I'm just the digger, and. Yeah. That's yeah, that's also why he sort of takes himself out of the game. I think Yoko is thinking the same thing. Right. You know, they've paved the way and now they just, you know, they just want to live a quiet life. Sometimes heroes deserve a rest, you know, like it's it's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let let someone else younger and and more nubile take up the mantle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, that's just making me think of um <sighs> I want to say The Incredibles, but that's wrong. The the one with Sylvester Stallone. What's the movie called? The Is it an animated movie? No, it's not. It's Sylvester Stallone. And he Rambo? No, the newer stuff that he's got out. <laughs> Crap, what's it called? A Suicide Squad? No. The uh, what's his name? What's the Expendables? Yes, the Expendables. Like in the second one or something. It's it's hilarious because it's him and he's really old and it's his crew and they're all really old. And instead of being like, yeah, let's go on this final ride or die together, he's like, I don't want you guys to get hurt, so I'm gonna get these younger, newer people to come in for this suicide (laughs) mission so that you don't die, but they'll. <laughs> seems legit seems yep. super legit doesn't that kind of defeat the the purpose of the name the expendables yes hmm. it does okay mike i'm gonna let you in on something like this is pretty serious stuff okay okay the expendables are are not good movies <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ever see the second one. I, I think I enjoyed the first one, but yeah, I didn't really feel the need to see the second one. So maybe not that yeah. much. You should watch um, them. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not good. No. There's there's just one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention it when we're talking about the fight. There's a moment where the guy is shouting, and it shows like his face really close and then something happens and it zooms into him and it's even closer on his face. Like it shows him like the corner of like, it shows him his eye, just his eye. And then it zooms in again and it's like just the corner of his eye. And it was like the most anime thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was just so ridiculous. <laughs> just anime as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just when you think you can't get any closer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the gunman fight, just when you think you can't get any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> galaxies. Like, Freaking galaxies. Using galaxies as like shurikens. Like that was the best. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. And then at one point during the fight, he says, My drill is the drill that creates the heavens. 
which I think sounds great in English. Thank you very much. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> some of it works. Some of it don't work. Yeah. That's a play on like one of the themes of the show, which Kamina brings forward uh, in the very beginning of the series. He's, you know, he says, your drill, referencing Simon, Simon, your drill is the drill that will pierce the heavens. Meaning uh, like you will, you will make it to the the stars. You will make it to. Nice. Yeah. Cause they were underground at the time. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, now that you mention it, the fact that everyone had drills makes a lot of sense considering that they started underground and had to drill out of it. Like uh, that makes sense to me. Mike, we figured that out like hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> we Come had on, a catch whole up. thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All right. That's okay. I'm sorry. I'm feeling real cheeky today. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> It's great. It's um, great. So, Maddie. Yes. Uh, what does Gurren Logan mean to you? Oh, my God. This is such a loaded question. I don't know if it means anything in particular to me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not, I'm not lying. I, I don't think it has any sort of bigger meaning to me. It's just, it's just really stinking good anime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It breaks my heart, but it also makes me really pumped. It's just a really good story. It does subvert expectations a lot, even though it does feel rather formulaic at times. Just when you think you know where it's going to go, it twists and does a 180, throws you for a loop. And I love that about the writing in this show. I love that it has all these tropes that are so recognizable and reliable, like gunmen and giant galactic fights with God. But I also really love the fact that you know, it's not essential. It's not a hundred percent a happy ending. You know, not everyone gets their fairy tale at the end, and it's very melancholy in a way. And I like that it's not afraid to go there. Yeah, and I, but I don't think it really holds any more meaning for me than 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 that. Yeah, I came across the series at a time when I was in school, and I was just head over heels in love with some guy, and he introduced me to this series. And when we watched it the first time, it was, you know, we had a bootleg copy of it ripped on a DVD and we watched it together and it was like our thing. And so it, it, in that way, it impacted me a lot. It sort of cemented this series into my brain as, you know, something positive. Mm -hmm. But revisiting it almost a decade later, it definitely has a lot more depth and sadness than I remember. A lot more heartbreak than I remember. Right, I am. Which is interesting, you know, like revisiting or coming back to something that you you love so much as a younger person and having a different perspective on it when you are, you know, a little bit more mature. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. A little bit older, a little bit wiser. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It still holds so many good memories for me and... It's just so good. And yeah, I do have Yoko tattooed on my body. Like she's, I love the, the strong characters, especially strong female characters. It's just so nice to see. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just good. Nice. It's just good. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's okay for shows to not have a huge impact. Sometimes it's just, it's a show I liked. Yeah. 
And it got me through boredom. Yeah, it got me into anime. It definitely introduced me to really good anime, like to stuff that wasn't Sailor Moon or Card Captors. It was mm-hmm. it was a really nice stepping stone into new content to explore. When you first watch it, was it like fan subbed or? No, we watched. Uh, oh, maybe it was. I don't remember. I know that we bur- he had it burned onto two DVDs, and that's how we watched it. And it was subbed really well like you know yeah 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 but i don't know where he got it from i didn't ask (laughs) (laughs) probably the dark web who knows we don't speak of that don't speak of the dark web time for the reviews okay uh melanie would you like to go first i know that i'm a really hard person to read sometimes but I enjoyed the shit out of this. Mm. It was so good and it was so fun to watch. And I'm so glad that I got a mech fight out of dessert before breakfast, because I got to say, I've been disappointed before, (laughs) but this was amazing. I'm going to give this 10 halting evolution people, anti-spiral people out of 10. Just wow. Be I'm it was it's just very fun. Like, I didn't need to understand shit about this show to have fun. I'm sorry. I'm swearing so much. <laughs> it's OK. I love it. I, I'm feeling the emotion through the swears. Good. Excellent. Yeah. I'll give it nine Boo. being kept underground and so that you're <laughs> ugly to make you a better person out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> was it an ugly thing they said specifically that they were ugly or sorry was it was it an ugly thing no the the um the the other the anti-spirals were ugly they were kept in like a pocket dimension or whatever yeah to halt yeah. their evolution that was my thing yeah i like how it's literally ugly though like we're yeah. ugly so we're gonna stay where we are <laughs> Look what we've done. Look at this. Look how great we are because we're ugly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Maddie. We obviously care so much. Just this episode. Just this episode. I give it, I give it 11 drills out of 10. Is that even allowed? Is it allowed? Whoa. That's the first 11 on the show. Come on. You can't get much better than a galactic battle with gunmen and throwing galaxies at each other it doesn't get better than that it really doesn't taking two galaxies putting them together and then creating a beam of like a big bam big bang slam or something is what it was called or whatever i'm gonna allow this michael you're vetoed Come on, the title, the name of that attack, which is My Wife is the Best in the World. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Come on. I I mean, to be fair, like, if you add uh, all of our scores together, it does put it at, like, a perfect 30 out of 30. It's true. There you go. You've heard it here. First time ever. (laughs) 30 score. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, so the last question is, will we go back and watch this show? And the verdict is? I I would, for certain, absolutely would. Yeah. 
I know I gave it 10 out of 10, but like probably not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'm going to go back and watch this for Plot sure. twist. 100%. <laughs> it helps that it's it's short for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Only 27 episodes. It, That's really feasible. Could be done in an afternoon. Could be done mm-hmm. in a very long afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Full day. With snacks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. With snacks and beverages and a blanket. And a couch. Yes. Presumably a cat. Probably a cat. Probably a cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's an an excellent little show. It's a good runtime and you can you can get through it in 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 a few days if you put your mind to it. And it's really easy to watch. Yes. Yes, I could. I I could see that from just this one episode. Super easy to watch. I love it. And when I don't have to take notes, I think I'll enjoy it even more. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Most people enjoy things more when they don't have to take notes on what they're watching. <laughs> Wait, don't you take notes whenever you watch a show? I only no, none at all. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, and I just no, my brain's full. No, <laughs> my capacity. Yeah, my brain. Fair. I I feel. I feel like I feel very accomplished right now. You should because you, should, you yeah. are a great singer, performer and YouTuber. And I love your YouTubes, your makeup YouTubes. Fun fact, Mike Dorable was the 1000th subscriber. <gasps> yeah, exactly. I was very, very proud of it. Well, thanks, guys. I had a blast. This is just so fun to revisit yeah, this is really great when i heard it was you i had to do everything in my power not to freak out immediately oh please and i had to wait till we were on here to gush because <laughs> i'm a big fan oh <laughs> my gosh you guys thank you speaking of your makeup i'm sure that you'll probably pass along a few pics for our instagram <gasps> Yeah. Uh, of some makeups of you. Yeah. Absolutely. So take a look at our Instagram uh, des- at Dessert Before Breakfast to check those out um, and check out the show notes for the link to your YouTube channel. How do we end this? How do know. we get out of this? I guess the only way to really end this is to take a head and then have it grow arms and legs and then throw it at a thing. Yeah. Or better yet, become another mech from the mech and then turn into a drill. Yeah, that sounds feasible. Then eat that drill, even though it has the face of a guy on it. (laughs) And then gain his power and then do all that. Dessert Before Breakfast is hosted by Mike Dorval and Melanie Germain. Editing by Mike Dorval. Music by The Brass Action. Send us a voice message by using the link in the description or email us at dessertbeforebreakfast at gmail.com. Can you guys hold for one sec? Sorry. There's a cat being a little bitch. That's why. There's always a cat being a little bitch. (laughs) Cats are just bitches. We know this. They are just bitches.